Hello and welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. Uh, let's see, to interact with us, we love seeing you every Thursday night live at uh, 9.30 Eastern over in Facebook land, YouTube land, wherever those chats like to, to blow up. Lots of good discussions in there. Uh, and if you miss us live, you can always catch the replay or follow us along at home or in the car on your favorite podcasting app after that. So thanks for participating. Thanks for being part of this great community. Let's see. You know me. My name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge, number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Next up for his introduction, Robert Johnson. Hey, Robert. There you are. Hey, Robert Johnson, past master Waukegan Lodge, uh, number 78, Waukegan, Illinois, and the current sitting secretary of well, new, just freshly installed as of last night, uh, my third or fourth, third, third term as secretary for uh, Space Novum 1183, the premier education lodge in the state of Illinois. Good to be with you guys. Good to have you. Is that, is that woo worthy, Joe? Uh, to be secretary year after year, it is very woo right on yeah <laughs> it's okay but the woos are very subdued gig. tonight because I, I know it's coming tomorrow so yeah <laughs> subdued woos yes. and joe martinez how are you joe hello joe martinez i am still what worshipful master of manassa lodge number 182 tomorrow we have our annual communication and i'll let you i'll let y'all know how it goes next week but uh, as of right now, I am still the Worshipful Master of Manassas Lodge 182. So you have an election. We're to be having an election tomorrow, yes. Not an that annual communication. Well, it's both. Yes. True. We'll talk about that, and we'll explain to you why you're wrong tonight. Please do. On the Masonic Roundtable. <laughs> Boom. But before you do, I want to give a special shout-out to all the patrons who support the show. You guys are awesome and rock extra hard. Um, if you want to help support the show, keep us going for many, many years to come, head to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable and chat with us every day of the week, not just on Thursdays. Every day. Every day. It's good stuff. Um, Joe. Yes. Do we have some sort of secret Santa thing going on? We do. Ooh. I hope you have a little. Can you got Say a thing more. to throw up there? You got the thing. Throw the thing. Find it's the lo- thing. It's low tech, but it's here. Put up the thing. Yes. There's the thing. Yes. That is an impressive thing. So, PowerPoint guy. So, again, we are going to be doing our TMR Secret Santa, uh, 2022. So this is our. Uh, is this our third one, John? I believe it is. Yeah, third one. Uh, I participated in the previous ones, um, and uh, super much fun. Got to meet some fantastic brothers. I still have some of my um, wonderful gifts here that I got the first year from a wonderful brother. Um, so you get to meet new people, um, share stuff with them, talk to them, get awesome, awesome gifts. Um, this is one of the gifts I got for my secret Santa, handmade. Um for drinking and putting things in. Ooh. It's got leather. It's got a mason jar. It's got all the magic. Um, no green beans. So all good things. But yeah, so Secret Santa. Um, if you know, you know. If you're on the Knights and Squires page, you would have heard about it. 
Um, so definitely sign up. When's the deadline to sign up there, uh, Brother John? Let's see. I was looking at um, a thing. So we, we're going to keep this thing going until mid-December. Um, but obviously, the sooner you get in, the sooner you create your wish list. And then uh, we'll, we'll pick a, a date somewhere in there to actually match you up randomly with someone. We don't, we don't have any say in that. It just spins the old random, random button and gives you uh, another brother. And again, we've set it up so that we don't get synced up. We will definitely sync up with someone else on the, on the list. So looking forward to that. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then we'll, of course this is open for everybody. So once you got that, that link, share that with everybody, share it with your other brothers, share it with um, friends, family, pets, neighbors, everyone's we'll share it on our page. Let's share it on our page. Oh, it's going out there. there. Oh, after this, it's, it's going on all the Facebooks and all that. So on the TikTok. on, on the Tiki Talk. Let's put it on the Tiki Talk. Yeah. Why not? Put it out. Yeah. Do it. Sounds so old. Okay. Let's go on to the next topic for tonight. Uh, tonight's next item of agenda is our tarot card of the week. Getting some feedback. Are we getting that from Joe? Are we getting that from. I am standby. This, I, let's see if this is better. Hold on yes. a second. Yeah, it's you, We're Joe. Gonna stop. We're going to stop charging our Tesla. How's that? Much better. Okay, so when I charge my oh Tesla, my, my circuit breaker box like vibrates. Uh, are you trying to flex? Sorry, my <laughs> Tesla is just so awesome. It's making no, I my, think my house my is going to catch on fire one day from the, the amount of amperage that it's pulling out of my circuit breakers. Um, Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, so if my house burns down, you know why. Because I'm stupid. But yeah. <laughs> was it incense? No, it was it was charging his Tesla. I, Tesla was charging. Well, thank you for not ruining the show. I appreciate it. Right on, right on. Awesome. Okay, tarot card of the week. Let's go to. I have a skeleton deck, and so um, right off of Etsy, probably my new favorite deck right now. My new favorite thing ever. We're gonna do the the card pull of the day. We're gonna do one card pull, and it will be uh, including reverse reversals, uprights, reverse everything. And the card is, do a cut, strength inverted. So I can't really focus that well with this, this camera, but it's your normal petting of the lion, but reversed. So tell us about strength reversed. RJ. Well, you know, Pretty I mean, uh... So if it's it helps people, I think, to understand that reverse cards number one aren't. It doesn't always mean a bad thing. Right. It's really just like a. I mean, occasionally, I guess there there is that connotation, but uh, strength. The card itself is pretty explanatory. If it's upright, it's it's about all of the possible strengths really you could have across the the different, I guess, archetypes that the the tarot deck has, whether that's wands, cups, pentacles. Um, swords but uh, so like you, you think about things like your ability to uh, get somebody to do something or your sheer amount of empathy like you've got a lot of like real personal strength personal you know? strengths right uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah but if it's reversed um, yep. you're looking at like intrinsic qualities so it's not like you're weak it's more of like the strength card is you're going to look at the, I, I prefer to look at it like the strength card upright is your strength. 
outward, your exo strength, hmm. right? And then if you have it reversed, I look at it as like your more intro strength. So your your introvert, your introverted strength. So things like uh, um, things that your 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 passions, your uh, your faith. Things like that, but there are, of course, like in I think in uh, Waits interpretations, you know, he he talks about things like um, self doubts mm-hmm. or insecurity. yeah, insecurities. Yeah. I like that. It's a good good word choice for that. Yeah, I like to see it sometimes as weaknesses too, or something that's holding you back from uh, externalizing your own personal strengths. Right? You maybe you're maybe you're nervous about a presentation coming up. Maybe uh, you're, you're getting ready for have an un- uncomfortable conversation, so you're, you don't feel like you have the fortitude there that you normally do. So that's there's something that's holding you back. Yeah, I think about it oftentimes. Uh, the tarot is kind of interesting. Do you remember you made a slide once, John, about um, it has to do with the factory, the Masonic factory. Yeah, right? like mm-hmm. you had you know, how you get how you get a guy to go from profane to dues paying active member. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different paths there. And if you just look at anything uh, on the path of life, right? Like a goal, perhaps along the way you have waypoints. And sometimes there are um, things that you will not foresee on the path because of whatever reason, but like, in, in, in this respect, like you mentioned this ability to uh, uh, look at a self-doubt or something like that, or maybe you're nervous about a presentation, looking at it through a lens like this allows you to go, huh, let me take a bird's eye view of this and look at my workaround, you know, kind of in a psychological way. And Examination. So right? I always, yeah. And so I always, I kind of, I always look at, um, tarot is like i always go back to your slide for whatever reason like it's just in my head like it was it's like the thing when i think about a path to get somewhere so kudos to you for that for burning it into my head but <laughs> <laughs> it works it, 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 it works it's a good examination of of there it is yeah yeah so you've got yeah you know like all of a sudden you you might be thinking oh what is this thing that's holding me up well uh could it possibly be anything like am i having some self-doubts here and then how do i overcome that self-doubt bottlenecks it's all lean Mm -hmm. it's all kaizen oh you should make a lean tarot oh don't tempt me bro like four cards (laughs) (laughs) because we don't need all 78 we've leaned out the process (laughs) that's funny say he's a six cards double side them it's seven minute abs all right. Well, <laughs> it is December first, so you know what time of year that is. It's the most wonderful time of year. That's right. It is not the holiday season, but annual communication season. That's right. You're going to learn all about the joys of officer elections, installations, uh, business, and all that fun stuff that goes with that. Um, and this this topic came up not because. We love them so much, but also because Joe loved them so much in the past week or a couple weeks, he's been all over the place and not one, but two grand annual communications mm-hmm. and also talking about his annual communication coming up tomorrow. Yeah. So tra- Mr. Traveling man, let's talk, man. Yeah. You've been Every time I hey. saw you on Facebook, you were at a different grand event with different cards and 
Oh, you lots were busy. Of cards, you were busy. Lots of things, cards going up and down. Lots, lots of things going on with the things, and we should probably talk about that because um, I know talking to brothers in our in our groups and in our circles, um, there's many, many different ways to skin this cat. So I'm just going to talk about the ones that I know of, but would love to hear from everybody on the way that they do things because everybody does things a little bit different. Sometimes better, sometimes not. But um, yeah. Um, so yeah. So let's start with uh, Grand annual communications, the big ones, right? Where the important people meet to make important big decisions, mm -hmm. the big, the big turkeys where they make things happen. They make the masonry happen. Right. So they grand, are aren't they? And I'm trying to be positive, positive flow. And, you know, There's some really cool turkeys out there, jive turkeys, but no grand annual communication. So I was blessed, blessed to go to two of them to two jurisdictions that I'm a member of. So uh, at the beginning of November, I went to the grand annual communication for the Grand Lodge of Virginia and uh, was super jazzed to go because I was master this year. So in Virginia, one member of each lodge gets a vote at the big grand annual communication. It's normally the master um, or a proxy or the senior warden or the junior warden. So one of the pillar officers, they ask that all pillar officers go, but there's only one, one voting card for, for that. So I got to do that, which was fun. Get to hold my card in the air. We'll keep it down. Really exciting. Um, and, uh, yeah, so went to that the following week, I went to the grand annual communication of the grand lodge of the district of Columbia. And wow. I also got a card there too. Uh, but yeah. you're not a, but you're not a past master. So they gave right. So it was interesting. So they gave me a card um, uh, to vote on resolutions and approvals for things. I was not allowed to vote in the election of officers. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah. So more people in the room were eligible to vote on the budget or this committee report, that kind of thing. Um, but then when it came down to elections, they do again. They do things a little bit differently. So we'll we'll talk about those differences. So got to see two of them. Uh, they were run very differently. Um, lots of different types of business. I won't get into the nuts and bolts of the right. businesses, but um, yeah, they were handled very differently. So it was kind of a kind of a surprise. I was expecting one thing, and I saw something else. Um, but again, it's the the hoity-toities in the room, you know. So I mean, the big takeaway is it is ninety nine percent administrative right this is not where you go to like learn all the mysteries of freemasonry and everything this is where no, you go let's put this out there there, there yeah. is no masonry done right. at a grand <laughs> that's true you know it sounds bad but it's it's the truth this is not and you know i've heard grandmasters you know past grandmasters that we're friends with they say it. grand lodge is not meant to do masonry right they're there to administer the craft right lodges keep the lights job. on Mm -hmm. to make masons right and do masons. And when did that when did that change <laughs> there I comes mean, robert okay out of left field this is, this is bullshit <laughs> right Go. you know okay the, okay i mean just i just we just i just have to acknowledge the fact that when you have grand communications the pilgrimage to grand lodge we have such a prime opportunity for uh, the Grand Lodge to invest in its membership by saying, hey, come on down, see how this works administratively. If you want to change the way things work, this is how you do it. 
And oh, by the way, if you want more education, this is how you can make some headway and, and, and start influencing people to, you know, think your way about education or, or, or simply just offer, um, any kind of lecture slash uh, research thing or or even a leadership class or something within the Grand Lodge session weekend. Um, this is one thing where I think Grand Lodge of Illinois has has done at least something, right? Like we have annual communications on Friday, Saturday uh, at the weirdest time, which is uh, the first Tuesday uh, no, the first weekend after the first Tuesday of, the, of October every year. And so we gather communications is from like uh, eight to noon. We break for lunch and then starting at one thirty, there's Illinois Lodge of Research. The leadership committee is doing a thing on inspiring, you know, new leaders. The uh, membership committee is like, Hey, here's some, like, we've got a speaker who's going to talk about how to engage members. Like, there's a lot of opportunity. And if Grand Lodges yeah. aren't grabbing a hold of that, trash. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be cool. Well, like to- I mean, let's call, let's call, let's call it as we see it. That is, I would have to say, the minority uh, of most Grand Annual Communications. I remember one year when we went to um, the Grand Lodge of Virginia's annual communication, they did have a speaker. It was a, it was, it was a Mason. Uh, I think it was two years ago. Um, he was a Mason out of the jurisdiction, but he was a Medal of Honor recipient. And he talked about leadership. And I mean, that was, I, I think it's still on our YouTube page on the Grand Lodge's YouTube page. Um, it was an awesome speech. Um, you never, you, I, that was the first time I had ever seen a program of any type. Um, and I know John was going way before I was, but I never saw a program that where everybody in the room got to sit down and listen and learn something. Um, that was the one and only time I've seen that. So that was kind of neat, but I think that's the exception and not the norm, you know? Yeah, but it's still administrative. I'm trying to like, think of a parallel too, like comparing this, like, like you have Disney cast members in the parks, but then you have like the Bob Igers at the top that, Really, you know, they don't walk the parks necessarily. They're there to just <clears throat> make sure that bills are paid. You know, um, hopefully strategic planning, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, but the actual grain annual communication is is again ninety nine percent administrative. Yeah, you'll hear some titles and you hear some, you know, you'll see some fun things, buy some swag, but for the most part, um, it's making sure that uh, the grain lodge operates. Well, going back to I just had a question. I mean, uh, I, I think another prime opportunity for education, right, is 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 uh, really it's education for me. I don't know. Some guys would probably fall asleep, but you ever read those grand orations from the Grand Order? Like they're probably in your old your old Grand Lodge proceedings. Mm-hmm. Those addresses are like pages long. Super cool speeches that are inspiring and magical. Sometimes they're a little, uh, you know, heavy on the religious side of things, but I mean, it was educational. It was real close to esoteric. You know what I mean? It was really kind of cool stuff. And I'm just wondering, like, if you guys still have an orator, if somebody does anything, have you seen it? Because no, nope, have- Virginia does not have a grand orator. 
Now, I'm a member of jurisdictions that does have a grand orator, and I've heard some of those speeches. They are, to your point, they're super spiritual. They're super awesome. They're not like boring committee reports. Um, it's actually, you know, a, a, t- a takeaway speech that you can put in your pocket and say, this was actually awesome. But uh, yeah, I mean, did we ever have a, a grand orator, John, to your knowledge? Uh, not to my knowledge, but I'm sure someone in Virginia will correct me. Yes, please do, YouTube peoples. Um, but yeah, no, no, not, not, that would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, going back to, to what John was saying, um, it's 99% administrivia. Um, people get awards. There's lots of awards handed out, you know, for being awesome at one thing or another. Um, brother Patrick said, Florida has some amazing grand orders. Awesome. Yay, Florida, two points for you. Um, and, uh, but back to the, the, the mundaneness of it all. Um, and I like how you said pilgrimage, Robert, because some people are super jazzed to go yeah. to Grand Lodge, right? They, this is always oh, my first year at Grand Lodge. This is super great. And then they get there and it's like, they listen to six hours of committee reports and they're like, wow, this is not as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> there's a lot of hype. There's a, there's a lot of hype building up to it. There well, is. I, I think some of that is the fault of some of us who are overzealous, right? Like I love grand communications. I always go. It's a huge thing for us. Yeah, I'm part of committees and things, but I go because I'm an, uh, I usually am very active at the Grand Lodge level in terms of um, resolutions and things, right? Like I go to hear how people vote on something I helped write, you know what I mean? And then I get to hear people argue about how I'm a terrible person or something. Whoever, they're like, whoever wrote this is terrible. I'm like, it's right at the top of the thing. But you know what I mean? Like, so we're invested to go. But we're invested to go because we want to change the way things Right, I mean, you, you, got, you got to play the game. Yeah. And so I think there's kind of like some of us who do this, we think about it and we're like, oh, this is a really great opportunity. But, you know, it's kind of, it's short-sighted of some of us because I know for a fact that there are Grand Lodges out there where let's just say Joe decides to write a piece of legislation and submit it by the deadline. Well, here in Illinois, they have to act on it. They have to either say we're holding it over or they have to say we're going to vote on it, even if it's stupid. And it goes to the Grand Lodge Committee. What they do is they say we either recommend it or we don't recommend the, the adoption or passage. They give their recommendation, just like a. As somebody who wants to join the lodge, right? The investigation committee gives their recommendation, but that's all they say. And then the constituency votes. And, uh, but we know that, you know, in some jurisdictions, I don't know how it works over there, but I know in some jurisdictions, guys submit legislation and the Grand Lodge is like, throws it in the garbage, you know? And they just send you a letter that says, yeah, we're not bringing that up. And you're like, so, but you have not, not to get specific, but that's an excellent point you're making. Uh, <laughs> a little close to home. No, no, no. I'm speaking in pure generalities. Of Hypothetically. No, what you were saying does sound like a much more democratic process. Right. And I think, 
I think we're a little bit spoiled in general because a lot of us expect out of our Freemasonry a democratic process. But in a lot of places, it's not, um, you know, and it sounds terrible, but the, the reality of it is, is that Freemasonry is not a democracy in, in nine out of 10 circumstances. It's, it's an autocracy, right? By, by design. By design, right? You have an autocracy for a period of time. Um, and a lot of the laws and rules surround that autocrat and not so much the, the will and pleasure of the lodge, right? So it really depends on where you go. Um, you know, I'm a member of so many jurisdictions, we have no idea what Robert was talking about. But um, to that point, yes, it, it does It does make sense that if someone writes a piece of legislation, that it should, unless it's written in crayon and, you know, you know, the R's are backwards and stuff like that, it should go to, you know, it should go to the floor, you know, I think, and, and let the brethren decide. If you follow the format, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, it should do that. I mean, now I, go ahead. We've, We've had guys put up legislation that everybody literally WTF'd on, right? They were like, what is this? And literally, the reaction from the crowd when they brought it up was so much that the dude who proposed it will go up to the mic and they'll be like, I'm withdrawing. And then we're all like, okay, good. That just freed up 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, so it's it, it is super democratic. It's a fair process. Um, and even when there's, we, we introduced something this last year that I was like, mm, maybe they're, they could have some pushback on this. And sure enough, Grand Lodge called us and they said, well, what are your, what are your concerns about this thing? And we said, well, we just want to make sure that this is being transparent for the membership. And, and they were like, yeah, okay. We just wanted to check. Yeah, it'll go up and we'll vote on it. Nice. You know, it got majority, but it didn't get two thirds. So, so let's talk about, well, let's talk about that. That's a great segue into the actual voting. You know, voting works in many different ways in many different jurisdictions. You've got jurisdictions like the ones I'm a member of where you get a card, red card or an orange card or a green card, many different cards, right? Whoever's the voting delegate gets a card, which they're meant to hold up or keep down. I know jurisdictions that use electronic voting where they get a, uh, you know, like a little clicker, like the Senate and the House of Representatives do, where they vote and their their uh, vote goes on the screen. You don't see names, but you know how many votes are tallied. Um, there are jurisdictions where all the pillar officers get a vote, right? So each lodge gets three votes at least. Um, there are jurisdictions where past masters, if you're a past master of any lodge in that jurisdiction, you get a vote too. So, you know, depending on which jurisdiction you're a member of, it could be one vote per lodge for how many, however many lodges you have, or it could be, you know, dozens of votes per lodge, um, depending on who shows up that day. So it really, you know, offsets the, you know, how things get voted on, how many votes it takes to, for something to pass, how many makes a quorum. Um, I don't know if in your jurisdictions, if you guys see this, but one of the first things they do is say, Hey, we have a quorum. We have X number of lodges here that signed up and we have enough people to do the thing and do the business. Um, I've never seen one where we didn't have a quorum, you know, whether it's my jurisdiction or somebody yeah, else's. Yeah. Haven't heard of that. Yeah. It's, it's been, <clears throat> it's been interesting. Like, I don't know about um, some of y'all, but we have a, a, a bylaw in our constitution that um, essentially says that if any constituent lodge fails to appear um, it, at, at grand lodge for two consecutive years, they lose their charter. 
Whoa. It's zesty. So, I like it. I like it. Yeah. And I thought, I'm like, two consecutive years? You give them two years? Like, to me, I'm just like, one year? Like, what's your excuse, bro? You've got like <laughs> 80 members minimum, probably. You had you one job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> to drive. Just weird. No, that's, I mean, that's spot on. I could tell you in uh, my past experiences being a delegate, there's no repercussions if you don't show, um, you know, and, and depending on what jurisdiction you're in, you know, uh, votes get tallied very particularly, you know, um, and in some places they do not, you know, it's more of a, you know, what's, what's the color of the sea out there? How, you how know? does it feel? How does it feel to me? Right. Where's the vibe, you know? Uh, which is weird to me, but again, again, you got to step out of that democratic mindset because we yeah. are not. Yeah, democracy. we're, we're kind of spoiled by, you know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> counting I counting votes and all that—it's a crazy idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it depends. All right. So we we're voting on resolutions. We've got the, you know, the introductions and all the all the awards. Oh no, we didn't talk about introductions. No, let's talk about that. Is my favorite favorite. Favorite part. Do you know that? Did you know they have introductions at, at these grand annual communications? Boy, do they have introductions! Oh, my lordy. So first year. Yeah. Go first. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was gonna chime in to say like the yeah the first year I went that was the biggest shock to my system was there I am ready to to have great fellowship with brothers from all over the state and before you know the first like half a day of of like literally it's hours in the beginning of, you know, making sure everything's tiled and ready to go. But then they introduce grand delegates from other jurisdictions, right? So you have all the usual ones that you would expect from your jurisdiction and they get settled and, and put, put in their chairs and ready to, to get to work. But before any good, good work happens, there's the formal introductions. And when I say formal, I mean, processions from the back of the room certain you know conducted you know by a grand officer to then formally introduce their title of you know grand chaplain from the jurisdiction of illinois uh that you know is usually an outsider and then that would be enough but though they, they let the person have a chance to talk while everyone else is in their seats waiting for the show to start um the the representative from another jurisdiction gets a chance to come up there and you maybe present a gift often presents a gift to the grand line it is it's an event it is and, and you know of course it's nice to give everyone their honors and their and pay their respects to their dues and and the uh the rank of their uh position but come on like we've got work to do it is it is very drawn out um i would argue it's a little uh anachronistic uh, in the sense of the pomp and circumstance of it all, right? Um, we're all brothers. We're all on the level. So just make sure we've got a whole bunch more levels in the back for all these these guys with gold collars. Do you remember, you ever watch like a cartoon or whatever medieval show and, you know, the delegates from around the realm come da, 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 to the da, yeah. their best offering. <laughs> That's what He's it's like. like. Here's my best gold, Grandmaster. And this guy's like, oh, here's my whatever, right? And then, like, the are like... I present you my daughter in 20 bales of my hay. Daughter. <laughs> my daughter. Behold, the Job's daughters. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, 
But you know what I mean? Like, it is just bizarre. Uh, it's, it is bizarre. It is, it is not even, yeah. it, it's, it's not even the, you know, the pomp and circumstance I get. You know, everybody is, is loving everybody and you got to show the love. I get it. I get it. But the first year I went, to, to John's point, I, I, after the first hour of introductions, I'm like, how many more people are here waiting to be introduced? So just for, you know, poops and giggles. I decide to walk out of the conference hall and go to the bathroom. And then I walk outside and I see a line of people waiting to get introduced. And I was like, holy crap. Um, so I timed it that day. Three hours oh. of introduction. Three hours of what? introduction. You should have just squeezed in line. <laughs> I stay in the bathroom for 45 minutes. Because um, it was more more fun there. But yeah, no, three hours of introductions. Um, wow. Yeah, I just picture Joe like in the bathroom, like spraying dudes with cologne on their way out, like just to hang out. So <laughs> He's got the hot towels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like some I'm some gum. Automatic machine. I'm folding them up and handing them to people. Here you go. Have a great day. Would you like a mint? <laughs> like a mint. <laughs> yeah. So, so introductions. So they do introductions. They do. Yeah. Uh, what else do they do, do, they do Joe? Reports. Reports. Committee reports. Reports. Okay, so kudos to jurisdictions. I'm going to stop picking jurisdictions in particular. Kudos to jurisdictions that if I do, I have one here. It's it's I can't reach it. That print out their committee reports and give them to you as soon as you get there, and don't read 50 pages of committee reports. And they say, hey, read it on your own, like a grown up does, and then we'll mm-hmm. vote on it at the right. end of the day. So in jurisdictions where I've been a delegate, um, you get this big stack of committee reports and it has lots of reports, got budgets and important things and education and and membership. I love it. All the committee reports, but you get to go read it. And then you come back the next day and they say, does anybody have any questions or anything to discuss about the committee reports? No, let's vote on the whole book. One vote. Cool. Done. Now I've been to jurisdictions where they print out a very thick committee book with reports in it. And then they read every single one, one at a time. And then you vote on these committee reports one at a time. So an entire day is spent listening to committee reports. So that's rough. I mean, I think there's, I think there's a benefit to reading those reports, but the problem I think that is just inherent in masonry is that, most of us who have to write those reports are verbose and we like to talk and we use like an, we try to do this eloquent language, which really draws things out. It's not like I could just, you know, 10 bullet points, right? Like that's maybe what we need. Maybe we should do at the top of all of the committee reports, like the TLDR, and then it says detail and then it could be like eight pages. So it's it's interesting. That reminds that kind of what, what I'm thinking of when I'm hearing these committee reports, um, like Amazon, they have um, the way they do decision making at the board level is that if you want to propose anything, you do have to put your thoughts on paper. Uh, and so they expect at least six pages of stating your point, stating your position, why we should do, a, you know, why we should make a certain um, decision to invest or divest from something. <clears throat> the beauty of this, though, is when you go to the board, uh, if you haven't read all the all the things that were <clears throat> being proposed, 
you don't get a vote. Like, you know, you are expected to come in having done your homework. And again, these things are already typed up anyway. So one, there's no need to read them. Two, we're all grown adults, right? We can read those on our own time and then get to work. Like, get get down to work. Let's stop wasting everybody's time. Again, this is where, <clears throat> you know, we've, we've talked about administration of the Blue Lodge business. A lot of that could be done much simpler um, because like every other organization has figured out ways to do things without reading minutes and so forth. But again, this is just yet another example of where uh, this could be improved. Agreed. Mm -hmm. To your, to your point, Joe, like Illinois does, they say, uh, well, the head of such and such, there's only a few key reports that come out that they do call attention to one is like foreign jurisdictions. One is our budget committee, those kind of things. And really they just get up there and they say, things look good. One, two, three, I move for the adoption of this report. Somebody seconds and it's done. So we do that for like four of the reports, but then like you pointed out into day two or somewhere around there, they, uh, they just blanket accept, you know, the education report, the membership and the leadership report. So it's it's better that way, I think, you know, rather than Agreed. having to read them all. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. And and to that point, we are all grown-ups. And if you're gonna take the time and our money and print the damn things out, we'll read them. Yeah. You don't have to read it to me. It's mm-hmm. not story time. You know, and I don't like story time. I'm, I'm forty plus <laughs> years you guys, old. It's your does your home jurisdiction uh, like send you all um, the resolutions and the committee reports like a week before Grand Lodge? So n- no, not all. So and this I've just seen as as being master this year. So about a month or two before right. the secretary and the master got uh, what they call the call to Grand Lodge, and it's got all the resolutions that are going to be presented. Um, sometimes it's a lot of them. Sometimes it's not very many. And then just a general highlight of the big things, like you said, the budget membership numbers, you know, the, the important number statistical things. Um, but then that's it. All the other stuff is status quo. Um, yeah, that, that's also, it, I'll, yeah. I'll just add to that and say that that's still not the most efficient way of communicating that, uh, ahead of time. Uh, you know, specifically, if you're really interested in the resolutions, um, that is not sent out to the general um, well, membership by default. So my, under- my understanding was, and that's a great point. My understanding was it was given to us with right. the express decision, the, the expressed intent of you need to bring this to your lodge and you guys need to discuss it, which we did. Right. Which, you, you did. Know, I, 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 yeah, I was super excited. I'm like, I get an orange card. I get to vote. So let's talk about this and how does right. the lodge because, okay. Not everyone's as cool as you, Joe. So let's, let's be clear about that. Right. If, um, <laughs> just, I mean, but let's be clear. That is a horrible way to communicate, you know, laws bring change, right? Because if I don't know about it ahead of time as a member and I show up and I'm like, what is this? Like, I wish I had known this ahead of time. I would have told my voting delegate to say no where are they i don't know they didn't show up or i can't find them in the sea of you know people with aprons because it's again, like that's, congress. well but see see unlike congress <laughs> congress actually has to publish you know uh the the text uh they sometimes do it at the last minute and say they read 1100 pages but they but that's a right. different conversation that's yeah i'm with Let you me- so, like 
we get it. Okay, the entire constituency, any master mason in the state of Illinois that has their email in the Grand Lodge database gets two documents. They get mm. Grandmaster reports, which is like the four or five reports, and then they get the entire typed up Grand Lodge proceedings, which includes Must be nice. details of expulsions and suspensions, um, things that are going to be brought up. And we get that like about a month before. Must be nice. And so literally, <laughs> I print that sucker out. I read it all, and what, like I've got my notes when we mm-hmm. get to that stuff, and I'm like, "That's great." You know, I mean, that, that is super cool. You know? I, will, I will say kudos for, for your jurisdiction for doing that. Um, it's very transparent. It shows good leadership. Yeah, um, it's timely, right? You're, you're you have plenty of time to look at it, read it, act on it, think on it, sleep on it. Uh, I mean, that's that's great. That's the whole idea, you know? right? But I, I just don't know why more grand lodges good don't. For you. That way. Good for Easy. you, Robert. Good for you. Well, hey, you know, I live in a very uh, libertarian Grand Lodge state. We'll say what? That. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. What else do they do, Joe? Um. So, before they get to the big things, uh, there's definitely banquets. Ooh. Yeah. You, banquets. Wait, wait. There's food at a Masonic event. There's food. Um, yeah. And, I don't believe and it. this... This yeah, this spans the gamut, right? So this goes back to one of the things I wanted to mention first. Some grand annual communications happen in these really amazing Grand Lodge buildings. Um, some happen at hotels with conference centers and stuff like that. Um, uh, some happen in other large Masonic buildings and stuff. But um, so yeah, all this to say, it depends on where you're going to have your grand annual communication that will determine the type of fare that you have. You can have your typical hotel conference food, um, black tie, white tie, all that good stuff. Um, or you can have, uh, or you're going to Denny's in between, uh, in between stuff, you know, and and stuff in your face before the next committee report. So banquets. Yay. (laughs) Is that your dog? (laughs) (laughs) She don't want to be here no more. (laughs) There she is. What? She's down the show. Put your tooth away. <clears throat> so good. That's like, <clears throat> yeah. But even aside from the banquets, um, I'm sure the occasional brother will decide to have their own semi-private party, maybe in their room or or uh, adjoining rooms. or that- Those are called hospitality suites. Yes, hospitality suites mm-hmm. are a plenty. So, yeah, if you want to go hang and do the fellowship thing, you get to hang out with brothers that you haven't seen in a while and take your shoes off and go party with them. That is uh, somebody had said it on YouTube. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but yeah, fellowship is, is probably one of the few reasons why I still go to grand annual communications to see bros. I haven't seen in a whole year cause they live so far away and just hang with them and break bread and go to Brazilian steakhouses and, you know, imbibe once or twice or thrice and uh, yeah, have a great time. But, um, yeah, banquets, and they cost money. The banquets cost money. I don't know about yeah. you guys if you've ever gone to free ones, but the ones in my jurisdiction, they cost money, and they're not cheap either. Yeah, it's. I I will say this: like I appreciate. I'm paying for the fellowship. I'll be honest, yeah. because okay, usually the meal is not great, uh, you know. But hey, <clears throat> I appreciate the effort. I'll say that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then do you guys, what, what do you guys do your banquets? Like, okay, so Grand Lodge banquet, uh, night into night one. Let's say new Grandmaster uh, gets elected. Here in Illinois, they install him at the Grandmaster's banquet. So, so instead of doing it on the floor, they do it at the banquet that night. Do you guys do so, that? No. So in, hmm. in Virginia, um, so I'll speak to Virginia and D.C. So, well, D.C. is easy. D.C. has their grand annual communication where they have elections. And then the following weekend, actually this weekend, uh, is when they'll do their installation and their Grandmaster's Ball um where, you know, everybody's all gutty, you know, all gussied up and pretty and everybody looks great and they have a lovely dinner and then they do installations there. In Virginia, installations are the last piece of business at the at the Grand Lodge. So in the hotel conference room on the very last day after they close Grand Lodge, you know, do all the Masonic ritual stuff, then they open the doors and they have an open installation of officers. Um, but it's right right there on the spot. There's no uh, wine and merriment and, you know, finger foods and, and the like. It's just installation. Gotcha. All right. So that, that pretty much summarizes most, not all, but most of what happens at your, your grand annual communications. And yet I'm intrigued, Joe, because you said that tomorrow is your lodges annual. Yeah. So tell me about your lodges annual communication. So there's, um, it's definitely shorter than three days. Um, you know, we're planning for about a good hour, uh, of an annual communication. Yes. Uh, but it is our last communication of the year. Um, and this is where we close up shop, uh, you know, here at, at the blue lodges in, in Virginia. Um, we do all the committee work. Um, we find out how much money we have, how many members we have. We do all those things that one does at the end of the year. Uh, we close down all the committees. We do what's called in Virginia. We do a lodge of sorrow, um, where we do a memorial service for all the brothers that we've lost for that year. I know it's sad. I know. Um, and, uh, then we, uh, then we move into election of officers and, uh, you know why she's crying. Um, cause I said election of officers and, um, yeah, so we, <laughs> we get to the election of officers yep. and, uh, um, yeah, so the brethren, again, we're still in a tiled lodge. That all happens within, within a tiled lodge. And um, we elect our officers. And tomorrow, uh, as opposed to many other years, in other years we've had installation on another day, and it's open to the public, and, you know, it's during the daytime. Uh, tomorrow we're going to move immediately into installation of officers right after our election. So we'll go to elections, install officers, um, take pictures, have refreshments, all that stuff. Uh, it, it'll be open. Um, so we'll, we'll have quite a few guests and stuff like that and family members and things like that. Um, so it's a lot of the same things that happen at the grand annual communication, just on a yeah. much so, near, tinier scale. Which is fascinating because I've, I've never heard them called annual communications at the lodge level. Oh. I mean, it's just your December stated. It's just like the meeting where you have the elections. And so, um, I learned something new today. I mean, it makes perfect yeah. sense that you're doing all that, but it's it's never, it's not written down anywhere in in Virginia code to call the last stated meeting of December an annual communication per se. Yeah, we like, but it makes of, sense. Of, in Illinois, we do the here's our stated meeting, and then like once we're pretty much done, we say uh, the master will say something along the lines of. 
I am now going to uh, merge this meeting with our annual meeting. And then he merges into the annual officer reports, elections, um, and then they merge back into the stated close and then they have 30 days. That's fascinating. <clears throat> and if, if that was apart and separate, to me, that would seem something that's summons worthy. Right? That really, we are closing th- closing the books out for the year. We are having elections. Like, it's a kind of a big deal for for the lodge to transition to the next stage. So maybe that's a really good time that we actually call the craft to come. I don't know. That's you got me thinking a lot about making that a little bit more formal, more pop and circumstancy at the local lodge level uh, to to help with that transition. Look at that. Yeah. But so, Robert, you're saying that at one point they actually say we're now moving into the annual part and then you come back to the stated part. Is that what I heard you say? Yeah. So, like, our our November meeting is our annual meeting. So, we call it our annual meeting, um, even though it is just a stated. But then in the midst of it, yeah, we merge into the annual communication. So it's it's real similar. I, I guess we just don't have it. I guess we don't blanket. You know, the, the bigger umbrella is not the annual communication. It's like kind of hmm. inside. You know, it's a it's the it's a Kinder Egg of sorts. <laughs> it's like an onion. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, probably right because you don't ever open up a Kinder Egg and you're like, yay, reports. <laughs> I'm sure there's some Mason somewhere. I'm going to send them right after this show. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of Kinder Eggs. <laughs> Have those ready for tomorrow. An audit report. All right. Well, we are at that time of the show where we've talked at length about grand annual communications, some things that Joe's calling annual communications, and then how it's done in other jurisdictions as well. So uh, let's get right to it and wrap things up. Uh, let's start with uh, Robert. Um, question of the day is should grand or local annual communications stay the same be changed or altered in some other fashion go um, um, I think they're just going to continue to evolve I would really like to see more and more grand lodges around uh, the jurisdictions at least here in the United States to become a more transparent be more democratic um, our, our grand masters to take a stance of yes why this has always been this you know done this way where it's a uh, uh, you know benevolent dictatorship you know there are still rules and those rules need to be followed by each and every person. If you want to exhibit the ability to uh, be on the level, then you need to act on the level as well. We talk about being condescending, bringing yourself down to the level of the other people around you, and to remember that though you are elevated above your peers for a time, it is by them you are elevated, right? And so um, if Grand Lodges really want to get the buy-in, I think, from their constituency, they need to offer things like additional programming for education, Additional programming, maybe uh, sponsoring an, a lodge of research uh, for their annual communication. They need to have uh, vendors there selling things. Your grand secretary needs to be there and perhaps have a workshop where he answers 
FAQ all day long. Uh, you know, do something like this that really engages your membership and gives them a reason to go. Um, and if you want more people to show up, maybe some grand lodges don't want people to show up, right? Uh, maybe that's why. Right. But um, they, I think that for the, for the health of Freemasonry, we need younger folks to come in and make the changes they want to make, or at least try to do it, right? Because um, if you just throw up a sign, that's the first step. More people will go, oh, man, we could elect from the floor or, mm-hmm. oh, man, we could do these you know, wild and crazy things. So I, I just um, I hope they continue to evolve in a positive, more democratic, more involved way. I'd love to see more and more people go to Grand Lodge. Uh, first year Masons right. go and I want them to have a good experience. Uh, not a negative one. So tell your Grand Lodges, man, get some good programming. Um, that's all I can say. I mean, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Robert. What about you, Joe? Annual communication, yeah. stay the same change or something in between. Yeah, definitely not stay the same. Um, and again, I'm, I'm only speaking from my experiences, having gone to a few of them. Um, a lot of the things that Robert said sound absolutely phenomenal. Would love to see that. Um, not moving to Illinois to do that, but would definitely love to see that uh, sometime in the near future. But um, yeah, definitely more transparency. Um, I, yeah, Robert always has the great answers. Um, more transparency. Um, it, just as Robert was talking, I was thinking if we want to engage these younger members and give them a reason to go other than watching introductions for three hours, you know, why not have some of those workshops and stuff? Hey, for the, you know, for the regular Mason or for the brother who doesn't get to vote, because in one of my jurisdictions, only one person from each lodge gets to vote. So what the hell do the other people need to go for? You know, so maybe they can have workshops or programs or put on a presentation, things like that. Um, you know, Robert mentioned, you know, your, your lodge of research. A lot of states have one. We have what, nine, eight or nine in Virginia. Oh, yeah. Uh, those guys are, need to be doing something. So bring one of them out or two of them out. Um, have them do stuff. And maybe throw some fellowship things in there that are not, you know, expensive black tie banquets that, again, with hotel food, which is not the creme de la creme. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe have a social hour, you know, where everybody can kick back and meet each other and stuff. Again, that was still after I think this is my seventh year going. Um, the one reason I love to go is to see brothers that I've not seen in an entire year and just go, you know, hug it out with them and talk to them and see how they've been and, and stuff like that. Um, that's one of the driving factors that that I enjoy going and uh, maybe realize that it's 2022 and there's lots of things that we can do. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be, you know, no, no, not at all. It, but, but really, it's it's we're conducting business the same way they did in the 70s. Nothing's changed. Um, so maybe take some advantages of things that have changed over the last 50 years and, and implement them. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody will get hurt. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, be one of those cool kids when you grow up that, that get to stand and uh, get introduced. So, um, yeah, yeah go, that's go, my get, your, go get your titles and gold collars. What go about hey, just, just real quick. What about moving to, uh, electronic voting? Because I can't stand the card thing at a minimum. Uh, the, the card thing is is insanity to me, right? Just just a sea of cards, right? And and it depends on 
how, how how the voting? Do you get two different cards? Do you get one card? Who actually counts the cards? We don't know, right? Nobody knows. But yeah, electronic voting. So you jurisdictions that do electronic voting, right on. Kudos. Love it. Keep doing it. All the things. Open source the software, too. Open source. And then last thing I'll say is TMR Secret Santa. Woo! On Hop on it. Woo! There you go. So make sure you head on head on over to what is the URL? Tinyurl.com slash TMR Santa 2022. That'll, that'll land you right here to sign right up. Anybody can sign up. Don't have to be a Mason. Don't have to be uh, a male, male craft or anything like that. Just here for a good time. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, right? Um, annual communications. Yes, they absolutely should be changed um, to just uh, be more streamlined, to be more effective to, at running the business, right? Um, so that goes without saying, obviously, you know, whether it's electronic voting or whether it's sending out things ahead of time, being more digital, um, being more representative, more transparent, all those things are all included. And until those things happen, the other side of the coin is know the game, like know your rules, know how not only, you know, your Grand Lodge laws operate, but also how the committees and how voting is done right be you know go to a few of these and and observe and watch how business gets conducted how business gets handled and that'll set you in a better place for when you want to introduce that change you know don't hate the player hate the game <clears throat> go you got to go in you have to know the rules you have to know how to introduce legislation you have to be um you have to be able to navigate that bureaucracy until we can really streamline it later and so don't let that bring you down, right? Be, be part of the change, right? Be the change you wish to see in the world. And uh, through perseverance, it'll happen. So with that, I want to thank you all very much for watching. To keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow.